Man, I'm so excited to be here today. I want to uh, just say thank you guys for being here. What a great, great crowd today. I'm just so thankful for you guys. Oh, man, it's awesome. I want to, before I get into the message, I have three things I want to talk about real quick. And uh, they're important, so we'll kind of touch on these. We have some celebration, one of the things that we're going to do. And then I'm going to get into the message, and I'm pumped about that. But I'm really pumped because you're here. It's always better when you're here. Um, you know, uh, I know it's, it's, uh, it's raining this morning, but you know what? Who cares, right? Like, we got cars and umbrellas, and if I go to ball games and get soaked, you know, as long as I got a little raincoat, I'll sit in the rain, cheer my team on, it's all good. I know you guys are like that because we love sports around here. But it's just, isn't it good to be here today? It's so good. So good to be here in the house. Um, want to give a shout out to my bride, Stephanie Payne, who did an awesome job last week. Very good job. She did awesome. That was so powerful. And um, people you sent me emails this week, suggestions, just let her preach this week. So anyways, she did a great job. I'm threatened by her. I only let her speak once a year. No, I'm just teasing with you. But she did an amazing job. I'm so proud of her. And a great job that she did. Um, she's even a better mom, if that can be possible. She, uh, she knocked the cover off the ball, but she's an awesome mom. So I love her. Awesome wife. And it was a great message. couple things. Number one, um, there's a movie coming up that I want you guys. We need 50 people uh, from Navarre. We need 50 people, Pastor Alex. We need you to get 50 people from Navarre. So Navarre needs to represent because we're going to have 50 people from Gulf Breeze. And Pastor Ray, we're going to have 50 students from the crew. And so we just sometimes... You know, Navarre, y'all got to represent. You get, get the, the numbers there. You say, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. I'm glad you asked. There's this movie called Surfers and Cowboys. Anyone here like to surf? You like to surf? All right. Anyone secretly still think you're a cowboy? All right. Good stuff. Well, this is a great movie of courage. And if you surf, wish you could surf, surfed, know someone who surfed, or just like the Smurfs, whatever it is, you need to come watch this movie. Um, it's, a, it's a movie of courage, and it's pretty cool. It really is. And we're not just going to go watch the movie, but this movie is a conversation starter. Say that with me. Ready? Conversation starter. What that means is I want you not only to come, I want you to buy another ticket, and I want you to invite somebody that does not know God. Someone that maybe God isn't on the radar. Maybe you, you can tell that God is kind of reeling them in. And uh, that's what I want you to do. So, so get a couple tickets. Get a couple tickets for some friends. Go watch the movie. We're actually going to go June 9th. And that's a Friday night. June 9th is coming up. We're going to do, we're going to pretend we're all young. And we're going to do the 10 p.m. showing. And uh, what happens is there's actually five different showings. And... Uh, Churches have owned it, and then uh, what I mean by that is they bought tickets, and then they're encouraging their people to buy tickets for friends that don't go to church. Maybe God's not on the radar, and at first we had a 10 p.m. on Saturday night. I told my friend Buck, Buck, that's not going to work. I got to buck that. That's not going to work because uh, we set up <laughs> Sunday mornings. We're a portable church, so Buck is awesome. And this is just really, really cool. So it's at the Rex Theater, downtown Pensacola. And you say, well, I live in Mary Esther. Well, how far are you willing to go to reach someone for Jesus? 
right? Like, it, a drive shouldn't be, like, right? Shouldn't, shouldn't be a big deal. I live in Molino. Cool. Awesome. Um, Jesus went to Samaria. He went way out of his way. Let's go out of our way to reach people. So we talk about we're a church that, that fishes, right? And so this is one of the ways that we can do it. So I'm asking you. I'm going. We're going to buy tickets. We're going to invite um, friends that need Jesus to go hang out. And by the way, if you're a Christian, then you fish, right? Followers fish. Jesus was a friend of, come on, Navarre, say it with me. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Say it, Gulf Breeze. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He's a friend of sinners. And so followers fish, surfers and cowboys. And we'll get the tickets. You'll, we'll get you more information. But uh, Rex Theater, June 9th, 10 p.m. 50 tickets, Navarre, 50 Gulf Breeze, and the students, they're probably going to show both campuses up. Why? Because they're on fire. They're on fire. So that's the first thing. Um, next thing is, um, next thing is this. I want to give you an update how much money has come in for the land. So we're doing our due diligence right now. This is very important. It's not off the radar. Been a few weeks since we cast vision. I do know that vision leaks, so I want to talk about it just for a minute. We are still raising money for that. We have had $676,000 come in for that land, and that's phenomenal. So let's, let's, that's phenomenal, $676,000. Um, the contract is $2.2 million, $2.2 million and closing on top of that. So we're still a ways from that. Um, we still have a $900,000 commitment. Um, that is coming in, hasn't come in yet, but it will be coming in. And But don't sit back. Here, here's what I know. Steph and I, we made a commitment, a really large commitment. And uh, why? Because leaders, they lead the way. That's why. Leaders lead the way. They know the way, they go the way, and they lead first. And I would never, ever ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do or my family's not willing to do. So when we said sacrifice, trust me when I say it, we led the way in sacrifice. And we are a little over two-thirds of the way into our sacrifice. We've already given, but we haven't been able to give everything. And so um, we are still giving. We are still giving. And I know there's a lot of you here. Navarre, I know there's a lot of you. There, there might be uh, new people. You've come. You've heard about it. You're like, I haven't had a chance to give. There might be people you're uh, watching online, and you're like, man, I'd love to do it. We, we actually have people, believe it or not, out of state that watch. And um, people in different countries, it's crazy. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, try to be bigger than, no, I'm just telling you, like people do. And so here's the deal. Wherever you are, God is doing this. God is going to do it. And so I just encourage you and challenge you to be a part of what God is doing. So if you didn't give, then I'm challenging you to not just give. I'm challenging you to sacrifice. Um, if you gave some but not all, you know, you're like, man, we weren't able then, and, but, but you're able now then I just challenge you to go ahead and keep on giving. We still have a ways to go. And so we're raising the money. We're trusting God. Um, have an elders meeting today. We're going to go out there, going to give them an update where we're at. And, uh, and so we're in the middle of our due diligence, doing everything we need to do. Got to engineer, soil testing, all that stuff's happening. And uh, so we're doing our part to see, God, is this the land that you want? And our prayer is this. God, we pray you would open the door that no one can open. And God, we pray if this is not your will, you would shut the door. But God sometimes waits for us to do our part until he does his part. In fact, all through the Bible, God many times doesn't do his part until the people did their part. Are you with me? So he says, uh, 
He says, uh, Lazarus, I'm going to talk about a little later today. But he told them, he told them to roll the stone away before he brought them back to life. You with me? Sometimes we got to do the heavy work of, ah, of pushing the stone for him to do the miracle. And so I'm just excited about that. And I just got God bumps, chills. Um, because you know what? I know there are a lot of people out there that, that you can't wait to give. Why? Because it's a reasonable service. And so anyways, that's it. We, we don't beat people down on money. It's all God's money. We're stewards of it. The ownership's a myth. We don't own anything. All you got to do is die to realize you don't own anything. And uh, no, no uh, U-Hauls behind hearses these days. Can't take it with you. And so we want to be great stewards. So I want to talk about that. And then I want to save the best for last. I want to call up Pastor Jim. And I've called him Jimmy for so long, it's hard not to call him Jimmy or Jimbo. And he's my buddy. We've known each other 24 years. I love you, man. Love you so much, Jared. Love you, too. This is uh, the beautiful woman that God has brought into Jimmy's life. And uh, some things only come by prayer and fasting. Amen. 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 they right. That's the truth. That's, that's the truth. But uh, Sarah's incredible. <laughs> Sarah's an incredible, incredible woman, and uh, Jimmy, I have the utmost, highest respect for Jimmy. There's no one on our team that's been more loyal than Jimmy. That's the honest truth, and Pastor Jim, and I love you, and I thank God for you, man, and I'm proud of you, and we've known for a while God was working in your life, and um, this is not like where God was working through me to kind of get him to lead. It's not one of those things. This was like God was drawing you to his will, and so I want you to tell our church, I want you to tell them what God's doing in your life real quick, about two minutes if you can, Jimmy. No well, pressure. Well, Pastor Tim, I just want to say first off, I love you, brother. I love you, man. And uh, he's been my friend for the last 24 years, 25 That's years right. since you were in 10th grade. Since I was and, about three, uh, <laughs> about three years old. He called me to come help him do a great work out of the business world, and it's been mm -hmm. such a privilege. Mm -hmm. And has, I feel yeah. like I've been trained by the greatest pastor in the world. And, I told uh, him to say that. No, uh, <laughs> But I love him, and I've learned so much. I feel like I've gotten a master's degree on how to start a church, how to run a church. How not to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just can say thank you so much. Buddy. And um, this past December, God began to stir in my heart, and he showed me that, man, November 4th of 1990, yeah. God called me to preach. Yeah. And so I feel like with this beautiful woman God's given me, that uh, I have all the tools, everything I need to start a church. And so that's what we're going to do. We are actually going to Columbia, South Carolina, where I was born and raised. Yeah. And, uh, no Gamecocks. Yeah, yeah. And, I'll say uh, it for you. God gave me a burden to start the Carolina church. And right. uh, God opened up the door for us to meet at a restaurant downtown Columbia for free. Uh, we're going to do that for several months, and then we're going to launch probably Easter of next year into the Booker T. Washington Auditorium, which seats 448 students. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, and it's We've right. We've seen it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's right in the middle of about six or seven dormitories full of thousands of students. And so the fields are truly white under harvest, and we yeah. can't wait to go reach them. And so we want to fill that auditorium up. Yeah. Uh, not only once, not twice, but three times, four times, five times. That's we right. have the spirit of Pastor Tim. Mm. Uh, through this last year, I've been praying, God, give me double the spirit of Pastor Tim. And so, and he's got a crazy spirit, man. So I can't wait Let to see what God Let me pray for Sarah does. right now. Come here, Stephanie. Let me pray for Sarah. Yeah. So I know, right? right. 
So That's thank awesome, goodness man. she's such a patient, loving, sweetheart. Awesome. We're getting married in two weeks. Praise the Lord. Woo! Hey. Yeah. So thank you so much, Pastor You're welcome, Tim. Man. We're You're so welcome. thankful for all that y'all have done for us through the years. So appreciate I love you, man. You. Love so you. proud of you. Give me yeah. one more hug. Love you, buddy. Love you. Love you guys. Sarah, love you. Yep, awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Well, you know what? I would say this. Um, I think we ought to bless them. And uh, we're going to bless them, but I think we ought to bless them. I was listening to a message this morning on the way into church, and it talked about in, when you're in need, sow a seed. Sometimes, sometimes when we lack, it's an opportunity to sow a seed so that God will show us who our provider really is. And uh, we're going to bless them. I've already told Jimmy as a church how we're going to bless them. And uh, we're going to invest in them because we believe in them. And so we're going to do that. And, you know, you could be like, man, we're still raising money. We're still, man, over a million dollars, you know, um, short of where we need to be. And we don't. But you know what? When you're in need, you sow a seed. And because God is our provider. And so I'm excited about that. But, Jimmy, um, I love you with all my heart. I believe in you with all my heart. And all I'm saying is, Columbia, get ready, um, get ready, get ready. It's going to happen. I'd like to direct your attention. I want to preach a message today entitled, When Was God at His Best? When Was God at His Best? Let's go to the text today, which is found in Psalm, Psalm 68, Psalm 68, verse 28. Verses will be on the screen, Psalm 68, verse 28. Last time I preached this, I've only preached this message one time. I preached it in 2008 and, uh, um, near uh, Tampa. And I love this message, and I've been wanting to preach it for a couple weeks, and I think today is the perfect day for it. So I'm excited. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me out of respect? Go ahead and stand. Psalm 68, verse 28. One verse for the message today. By the way, um, this is a, a powerful word. It says, summon your might, O God. Summon your might, O God. This is David. This is a song. Psalms are songs. This is a song of David. David was a worship machine. He loved to worship. He didn't need a crowd to worship. He just needed to know that, that the one worthy of all worship is always watching. And so he would worship him. And David sings this song. He, he's writing right, these words, he, and he's singing this song, and he says, Summon your might, O God. Now, what's he saying? Show off. He's saying, God, show off. You ever been called a show off? One of my nicknames growing up was hot dog. Hot dog, right? I had a little, 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 uh, little show off in me. And I remember boss, Jimmy, you knew him. He, he, would call me, he would call me hot dog. Hot dog, get up there, hot dog. Right? And so David is saying to God, God, summon your might. Display your power, O God. As you have in the past. In other words, God, we've seen what you've done. Do it again. Do it again. That's what he's saying. How about that? Do it again. We know what you've done in the past. God, we want to see you do it today in the present. We don't want to just stay in yesterday because yesterday ended last night. God, we're believing you for today, God. We're believing you for tomorrow, God. So, God, we're asking you, summon your might. We're asking you, God, to flex 
on our behalf. That's what David says. You may be seated. Father God, I thank you for your word. It's so powerful. It's alive. God, I thank you for the stories. You're the incredible master storyteller. And I pray today, Father God, that you would help me to preach this message. Lord Jesus, I need you and I must decrease and you, Jesus, must increase. God, help us today. I pray, give us ears to hear. Give us a heart, Lord, to have a heart like your heart. May we be like David who penned these words. May we be a man or a woman after God's own heart. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. When was God at his best? You ever thought about that? Like, there have definitely been times when I've been at my best. And there have been times where I've not been at my best. Uh, this week, um, this coming week, Gavin will finish baseball. And it's been a real thrill. It's been a real joy to watch Gavin. He had no experience. I throw the ball a little bit with him, right? But he never played t-ball. He went right into coach pitch. And so couldn't really hit the ball that good. And, and we've probably talked about it a little bit. Why? Because that's the season we're in. The Bible says to everything there's a season. Listen to me. Everyone's in a season. Wherever you are, you're in a season right now. That's one of the dangers. Listen to me, young people. It's one of the dangers of comparing yourself with someone else. Because you might be comparing your season to a different season. Forget yourself. Just they're in a different season. And so to everything, there's a season. Well, the season we've been in has been at the ball fields, and we've loved it, loved it, loved it. Well, Gavin had made his debut Friday night into the infield. He was wanting to play in the infield. He's playing right field. He's doing really good in right field. He wanted to play infield. I'll be honest. I was a little bit concerned because some of the teams we play, those boys, and flat out hit that ball. I mean, they can rope a dope. And uh, they had two games, I think, this last week. The first game, they got creamed. And then Friday night, they won. It was great. But Gavin makes his debut at third base, and he gets out there, and I literally prayed. I mean, just pray over your kids. I prayed. I was like, God, protect him. Protect him, God. Don't let him take a ball in the mouth. It wasn't, but probably 25 minutes later, one of our boys on the team went to catch a pop fly, hit the glove, came out, hit his mouth, bloody mouth, you know, and Gavin's on third base. And so I was like, that's why I prayed that prayer, God. You know, please protect. Don't ever underestimate your prayers, especially over your family and over your children. And so I prayed, but Gavin's on third base. And, man, the ball got hit to him three times, three grounders, three different times. Gavin stopped the ball. First time, he didn't know what to do with it after he stopped it, but it didn't get by him. Second time, didn't get by him. Third time, didn't get by him. He stopped that ball. I was so proud of him. We're like, you know what? And he was hitting the cover off the ball. I was like, you know what? Friday night was Gavin's best ball. Now, he won earlier in the season. He won the game ball. It's, it's like a little trophy, you know, it's up on his dresser. But, but Friday night is when Gavin was at his best. Our God is a powerful God. There's no one like God. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of all. He's the King of kings. He's the Alpha and Omega. No one else can claim that. He's the beginning and the end. He's everything in between. He has the name that's above every name, that at that name one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that King Jesus is Lord of all. That's who he is. But have you ever wondered, have you ever asked yourself, when was God at his best? Well, go with me. Go with me to Genesis. Genesis, I'm not going to give you chapter or verse, but just go with me in your mind. Genesis, it, it tells us in the beginning... 
God created the heavens and the earth. God created it. How did he create it? God spoke it into existence. He spoke it into existence. And when you think about creation in the Bible, you ought to read the Bible. In the Bible, it talks about what day the fish were made. What day the trees were made. What day the skies were made. What day the oceans were made. We were out in, in the Gulf yesterday, right? We did the pirate ship, you know. We were out there. And it's just, the, isn't it impressive? I mean, it is impressive. The ocean, right? The Gulf where we live here is so impressive. Right. You think about all the different fish in there and God created all of that. And God said we were to have dominion over that. We're to have dominion over that. You know what that means? That means fish on. That's what, that's what that means. That means fish. On. We're to have dominion. And what I love about creation is that God makes everything. That's what he says. Now, either God is a liar or God is telling us the truth. I don't believe in evolution. I don't believe in evolution because I think it I think it takes too much faith to believe in evolution. It's really a religion is what it is. I don't believe in it. I believe what the Bible says in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. I don't think God needed any help in evolution. I'm just going to be honest with you. God created. Well, I don't believe. Well, that's fine. But you're not God. He's God. He can do what he wants. That's why you're here and he's there. That's why I'm here and he's there. God created. He spoke it into existence. The Bible says he took dirt and he formed it. He formed the dirt and then he he formed it. Kind of like what we do when we go out to the sand. We're building a sand castle and we form it. He formed the, the man. And the Bible says he breathed into him the breath of life. And man became a living soul. God, hey, when God breathes into anything, it'll become alive. What is dead in your life? What is dead right now? What is, what is dead? Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I'm coming to church, but I just feel far from God. All you need, you're just one breath away from God breathing on you and from dead bones coming alive. That's all it is. And God breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. And, and God, God's looking at the birds. He's looking at the trees. He's looking at the dinosaurs. He's looking at the butterflies. He's looking at the roses. He's looking at it all. He got the rainbow. God's looking at it all, the water, the rivers, the ocean, all of it. He says, man, it is good. But, but, but it was missing something. It was missing man. So God makes man. And then he says, you know what? <laughs> He's going to get himself in trouble. That boy going to get himself in trouble. He needs to help me. Right? Right? And then God made woman. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so the Bible says he caused Adam to go to sleep. He took a rib out. Right? Took a rib out. And he formed Eve. And he breathed. And Eve is alive. Are you with me? When was God at his best? Well, if you asked Adam, Adam would say, I was there in the beginning. Like, I was created. He's the creator. But but, but uh, all I know is I went lights out to sleep, had the best sleep of my life, woke up, thought I was having a dream. I thought it was amazing. I woke up, and there she was. She was beautiful. There was this hot, beautiful woman, naked, standing in front of me. And I was like, whoa, man, come on, God, give me a high five. Adam would say God was at his best when he made woman. But that's not when God was at his best. You see, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They disobeyed God. They, they 
took of the fruit, they ate, their eyes were open, sin entered into the world, and when sin came in, so did death. That's how you know God is, is a truth teller. The Bible says the soul that sins, it will die. Everyone dies, don't they? Everybody dies. Why? Because everyone has sinned. Because everybody has sinned. And, and Adam would say, man, God was at his best, definitely, when he made Eve. But then we kind of bring Moses into the picture. We bring Moses into the picture. And Moses would say, man, man, I, I had a stuttering problem. And, and yet Acts says that he was a mighty speaker. See, you can be one thing in your insecurity, and you're a totally different person in his security. Moses would say, God called me. There was this burning bush. I thought that was when God was at his best. It was amazing. I saw this bush. It was on fire. It grabbed my attention. I was just out watching. See, I, I saw this thing. I went over there. To, uh, forgive me, sheep. I'm coming over here. And he sees this burning bush, and it's on fire, but the, the tree isn't burning down. And it was, seemed to be miraculous. And as he approached, God said, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. And then God said, I want you to go deliver my children. My children, my people, I've heard their cries. I want you to go and be their deliverer. And God took Moses, and he raised him up to be one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. And I think if we brought in Moses today and said, Moses, when was God at his best? I think Moses might say, you know, I saw, I, I spent a little time, <laughs> Ten Commandments, remember, I lost my cool, threw it down, God had to write it again. You know, so I was like, do it again, Lord, do it again. And you remember all that? But I would say, if I had to recall, when was God at his best? God was at his best when we were obeying what he said. And all the plagues came in. Pharaoh, Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. And then finally one day Pharaoh said, you know what? Gone, get out of here. And, and the death angel had passed. Even Pharaoh had lost his firstborn son. And so now they not only sent him out, but the Bible says that the Egyptians gave them their gold, gave them the silver. Gave them, loaded them up. These children of Israel, God's people, they, they were despised. And now all of a sudden, the favor of God's upon them. And they're getting out, and they come up to the Red Sea. They come up to this thing, and you know what's happening? Here comes Pharaoh, and Pharaoh is coming to kill them all. Pharaoh and his army behind. Moses gets up to the Red Sea, and he's like... <laughs> I don't think this is funny. Is, is this how it's supposed to end? I mean, we obeyed you. We did what you said. Have you ever misunderstood God or thought you misunderstood God, but God actually said what he said and you did what he said, and yet you're all of a sudden at a crossroads and you're stuck and you're like, what now, God? That's exactly where Moses was. And, and God said, no, no, no. Know that rod, the rod of God, hold it up, watch what I'm going to do. And once again, we see the breath of God, and the breath of God breathes, and you know what happens? All of a sudden, the Red Sea parts, and the ground is dry. And they walk across on dry ground. And if that wasn't a miracle enough, the miracle of miracles is when Pharaoh and his army came in after, God closed the water. And the Bible says, killed them all. And people say, ah, well, they tried to explain that miracle away, and Say, well, it actually is only, you know, a couple inches of water where they cross. Well, praise God, there's another miracle because they drown in a couple inches of water. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll take the miracle. Don't try to explain it away. Either way, God was at his best. I think Moses would say God was at his best that day when all the stress and all the pressure was there. And I didn't know what to do with my life. I didn't know. I thought I was over. I thought he had abandoned me. I cried out. And when I cried out, he heard me and he delivered me. God was at his best when he split the Red Sea.
That's when I think God was at his best. But then, uh, I don't think that's when God was at his best. Then, then you pull in Joshua. Joshua came after Moses. Stephanie talked about him last week. Joshua, he was fighting. He was a warrior. He was a warrior, right? He is fighting, and they're chasing down their very enemies, and he prays this audacious, crazy, big, unbelievable, never had ever been prayed before prayer. And he says, God, I pray that the sun would stand still. We need more sunlight so we can defeat our enemies. And God heard his prayer and God answered his prayer. And I think if you asked him, oh, Joshua would say, God's been good. But when was God at his best? God was at his best the day the sun stood still. By the way, since the sun stood still, so did the moon. Stood still. And we were able to defeat our enemies. I think that's what Joshua would say. I think Joshua would say that's when God was at his best. But I'm not sure that's when God was at his best. Then start thinking about another Bible story. You remember Elijah. You remember Elijah? And Elijah, this a man of God, he is filled with the power of Almighty God. And all of a sudden, he's surrounded by 70 prophets of Baal, but many, many people out there. And, 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 and they're calling on their gods. And he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. And he takes a sacrifice like God says to do. And he builds an altar. It always starts at the altar. The fire will never fall without starting at the altar. He started building an altar. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is by your time with God. See, you can come to church and church is great. You need to come to church. By the way, if you love Jesus, you come to church. Right? Because he said, don't forsake. Like, like, don't. In other words, he says, make it a priority. Gathering together. So we do groups and we do gatherings. Right? And so um, Elijah says, man, he builds an altar. It's about his relationship with God. But he didn't start on Sunday morning. He'd been talking to God all through the week. And he prays a prayer, 63 words, and he calls on God. What I love about it is he digs uh, these pits and he fills them with water. And, and then he... he, he he takes water uh, over the sacrifice, right? So, so now there's, there's this dead, wet animal on, on, on the altar, and they're all, all this water. And by the way, they needed water, so they gave up what they had, right, in order for God to do what God was going to do. And they douse all the water, and then he cries out to God in 63 words. He prays, and he calls down fire from heaven. And I think if you asked Elijah, Elijah, when was God at his best? I think Elijah would say the day I cried out to God and, and I said, God, show yourself for who you are. And I cried out to God and he heard me. And fire fell from heaven. And when it was all over, the people said, surely the Lord, he is God. Surely the Lord, he is God. That's when God was at his best. Uh, but I don't know if that's when God was at his best. Because we jump into the New Testament and there's this guy named Lazarus. He's like, you can call me Laz. <laughs> Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. He had two sisters. He was outnumbered. Mary and Martha, they loved Jesus. They would have Jesus over. Jesus would stay in their home. Jesus would not only stay in their home, Jesus would eat their food. They cooked for Jesus. He was their friend. And Lazarus was sick, so they sent word to Jesus, man, believe it or not, they didn't have cell phones back then. They didn't have social media back then. They had foot back then. Camel, donkey, and human foot. They traveled by foot. That's what they did. And they sent word to Jesus, but Jesus didn't come. 
Jesus didn't show up. Jesus waited on purpose. Jesus ignored their request. That's what they thought. But Jesus answered their prayer with a not yet. You see, we pray for answers to prayer. But an answer to prayer might be a yes. An answer to prayer might be a no. An answer to prayer might be a wait. Might be a wait. And Jesus like, no, you're just going to wait. And they thought that because Jesus didn't answer it like they thought he should answer their prayer request that Jesus didn't love them. If you loved us, you would have come. Where you been, Jesus? Why didn't you come? Gee, after all the, after the cornbread, we fed you, Jesus. Come on. And the fish. How come you didn't show up? Jesus loved them enough to be late. He was late on purpose because you cannot call a dead man back to life if he's still alive. You can't do it. So Jesus waited till Lazarus died and he showed up and he did it for the glory of God. He did it because you don't get a miracle until you need a miracle. You don't get one. So Jesus waited until, until. Was it the third day? Was it the fourth day? Anyone remember? You see, everyone around, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, see, they, they were watching. When Jesus came back in, all of a sudden, here's a crowd. Mary and Martha run out. Jesus, why didn't you come? And, and, and the body would rot. Sometimes they would even believe that maybe the body wasn't fully dead. You know, they give him benefit of doubt for the first couple of days. But the third day, the fourth day, the body begins to stink and rot. Jesus waited a couple of days on purpose. And he shows up so everyone knows he's dead. And Jesus tells them, he says, roll the stone away. Like, 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 come on. And he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus is wrapped like a mummy. <laughs> Here comes Lazarus. I'm glad he called his name because if he had just said, man, come on out, there would have been a whole bunch of men coming back to life, coming out of the tomb. But he called him by name. You know why? Because he knew his name. And Jesus knows your name. If we ask Lazarus, Lazarus, when was God at his best? He would say, the day I was dead and I heard him call my name. My life had ended. I thought it was all over. My, my, my life began to stink. It was rotten. It was over. It was gone. It, it was done. I was done. I was buried. People done forgot about me. They said, well, he was a good man. And then Jesus called my name. When was God at his best? God was at his best when he said, Lazarus, come forth. I don't think that's when God was at his best, though. You see, Jesus died on the cross. And there's this thief on the cross. This thief was so bad. Spent his whole life living, living for himself. His whole life. Whole life doing whatever he wanted to. His whole life wide open. Embracing sin. Running to sin. Doing whatever he wanted. His whole life. And then one day he's going to be crucified. But little does he know that the king of kings has chosen that moment to be crucified right next to him. Because Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And he truly was a friend of sinners. You see, the two guys that were going to be crucified didn't realize that the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world was going to be crucified right in the middle of them that day. And they cursed him. But then something changed. And the one on the one side finally said, he hadn't done anything. We, we need to leave him alone. I know I was cursing at him earlier, but 
We need to leave him alone. And he cried out a simple prayer. That's where we get the sinner's prayer. It's not about saying the words. It's who you're saying the words to. And he says the words to him. He says, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Eight, eight words. That was his prayer. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turned to him and he said, I'll tell you the truth. Today you'll be with me in paradise. If you were to ask that old sinner on the cross, when was God at his best? He would say the day that Jesus talked to me. But he didn't just talk to me, he forgave me. And he said, today you and me, we're going to hang out in paradise. That's when God was at his best. That's what he would say. I could just imagine that guy walking into paradise. And they said, are you, are you Jesus? Are you the one? You, we see the, the, the nail prints. Are you the one? And he said, no, I'm not. But the guy behind me sure is. The guy behind me is. When was God at his best? God was at his best. Was it for the thief? No, I don't think that's when God. Because then you had the resurrection. You see, the death, the burial, Satan thought he won. But Sunday was coming. And when Jesus came alive, that is the that is the point of our Christianity. That is launched Christianity. So what we built Christianity on is the fact that there were many eyewitnesses that saw Jesus, that Jesus was alive. They said, we saw it with our own eyes, and you kill us if you want. We're, we're not going to stop preaching Jesus' resurrection because we were there. We saw him. We talked to him. Jesus is alive, and either, either he's the Lord or a lunatic. We're going with Lord because we ain't seen none of y'all's ancestors coming back from the grave, but Jesus came back. He told us, now that we think about it, he told us ahead of time he was going to do it, and he did it, so we're going with Jesus, and all except for John. All except for John were martyred because they would not deny the resurrection. So if you ask the disciples, when was God at his best? They say the resurrection. The resurrection is when God was at his best. That's pretty good. I love Easter. I don't think that's when God was at his best. When was God at his best? I tell you when God was at his best. God was at his best when I was in eighth grade. And I got down on my knees and I cried out for mercy, not justice. I didn't want justice. I cried out for mercy. And I said, Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. Teach me how to live. And I cried out and I called. You see, the Bible says in Romans, the Bible says, whoever will call, whoever will call on the... The name of the Lord. That's why I don't believe that God just picked a few people he would rescue. These are my favorites. I'm just going to pick these guys. No, no, no. No, I think God knows. But God said, for whosoever will, for whosoever will, for whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And when was God at his best? God was at his best. The day I dropped to my knees and I said, God, save me. Forgive me. Change me. I need you, God, to do for me what I cannot do for myself. That's when God was at his best. When was God at his best?
God was at his best the day you called on the name of the Lord. And God heard you. And God didn't send justice your way. God sent mercy your way. I don't know maybe who you are. I don't know maybe where you're from. I don't know the day you called. But I do know that the day you called on the name of the Lord, you were saved. You passed from death to life. The old was gone. The new came. It was forgiven. You were justified before God Almighty. And that is when God was at his best. That's when God was at his best. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Some of you are saying, that's never happened for me. You're talking about being forgiven. You're talking about being made new, being clean. You're saying, Pastor Tim, I don't have to carry this guilt. I don't have to carry this shame anymore. I can be forgiven. I can be right with God. You're telling me, Pastor Tim, that it's not based on what I have to do. It's based on what Jesus already, that's exactly what I'm telling you. It's based on what Jesus already did. He died for you, he was buried, and he rose again. He defeated death, your death, my death. He defeated hell, your hell, my hell. He defeated the grave. And he did it because he loves you. I think Satan's told this lie for so long that God hates, God's angry, God God hates sin, make no mistake. He hates sin. Sin has to be punished. But in his love, he took our punishment. He himself bare our own sins on the cross so that we could be made the righteousness of God. What does that mean? That means we could be made right with God. He paid a debt I couldn't pay. I owed it, I just couldn't pay it. You owe it, you just can't pay it. So Jesus left heaven to come down to live as a man, to become one of us. Oh, don't you know, the angels long to look into these things. But Jesus came because his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And you need to, you need to know today, sir, you need to know today, ma'am, that God is not against you. God is for you. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why did Christ die for us? Because he is for us. And if you're here today and you are lost, you're lost. You know, nothing worse than being lost. Because when you're lost, you don't know which way to go. That's why Jesus isn't allowing you to figure it out. That's why we have a Bible. That's why we have a text message. That's why we have love letters given to us to let us know how to get to God. You see, religion says, yeah, yeah, you're bad. But religion says, this is what you got to do to fix it. Jesus says, no, no, no. You're not reaching, grabbing for straws, trying to grasp heaven to figure out how to make yourself right. No, no. You're not reaching up to heaven. Heaven reached down to us and sent us a Savior. Could have sent us a judge, but sent us a Savior. And if you're here today and you've never confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord then you're a dead man walking I don't care I don't I'm just being honest with you I love you I don't care how long you've been at church I don't care if you're a member of a church I don't care it doesn't matter that's the beginning point that's the genesis is calling on the name of the Lord go with me to that thief on the cross he's on the cross he never went to Sunday school he never did catechism they didn't take him off that cross clean him up and put him in a private school. 
he died. But he did not die in his sins. Because he, Jesus, who knew no sin, became our sins so you and I could be made right with God. Literally, Jesus absorbed that sinner's sins that day. That sinner on the cross, he absorbed, he paid for his sins. And all that thief on the cross had to do was recognize, you're God, I'm not, I need you, I'm crying out to you. My prayer might not even be the best prayer ever, but I'm crying out, mercy, mercy. And mercy came running. And if you'll cry out today, mercy will come running to you. Aren't you exhausted in your sins? Please, don't go another day caring and wearing the weight of your sins. Cry out for mercy today. Would you, all of us together, I want to invite you to pray this prayer together but if you're here and you say Tim I've never cried out to to God I've never put my faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross the fact that he rose again I've never I've never put my trust in that to be the thing to make me right with God but today I'm going to do it I want you to pray this prayer I'm going to lead you in a simple sinner's prayer you're not going through me you're going through Jesus I'm just a sinner saved by grace I'm just like you there was a there was a before Jesus Tim But thank God now there's an after Jesus, Tim. And he can rewrite your story too. You can be made brand new. Don't you need that today? Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves and cry out for mercy today. Would you do that? This is where life begins. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'd ask everyone, everybody, I'd ask you to repeat after me to encourage those who will pray this for the first time. Here we go. Dear Jesus, I need you. In my life, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. That's right, Navarre. That's right, Golfrey. Say it out loud. I need a Savior. Please come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me new. Thank you for dying for me. For rising again. I put my faith in you, Jesus. I receive you. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Here in Gulf Breeze, in Navarre, online, wherever you are, if you did that today, John said, these things I'm writing, these letters I'm writing to you, that you can know that you have eternal life because eternal life is in him. And whoever has the son has life. If you just gave your life to Jesus, you have eternal life. If you did that, we want to celebrate with you. Today's your spiritual birthday. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up on the count of three. That's right. There's our, we only got to one. There's already hands in the air. I want you to raise your hand. We have a gift for you. We got a Bible. We're going to give it to you. Come on, church. Put your hands together. Let's make some noise. On the count of three, I want you to hold it up. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will not be ashamed. On the count of three, one, Spirit of God, give him courage. Two, three, right now. Hold it up. That's right.